You're listening to Consolidate That. Good morning and welcome to Consolidate That. We are very excited today to have a repeat guest, another, not a back-to-back, but by hotly, hotly requested client, their guest to come and join us today. So um, really excited to have Bob joining us again. Great to be here. Thanks, Ryan. Dr. Bob Murda is the Chief Professional Relations Officer at Pathway Alliance. He is double-boarded veterinarian, and he's joining us today to talk about uh, more about the operations and how they're set up in a scaled organization. So, Bob, thank you for joining us. Thank you for finding the time. Thanks, Ivan. Appreciate the opportunity. I want to jump in and talk about this sort of dilemma that a lot of consolidators run into. Uh, when you start scaling and when your regional sort of coverage by by one region is becoming large, how do you think about whether the people that are managing the region should be more of a business acumen or should they have more of a medical operations background? How do you guys deal with that at Pathway and what is the general thinking? Which one is best? Yeah, that's a that's a really solid uh, question and, and one that comes up uh, frequently, Ivan. I think, you know, in an ideal world, you'd have a hybrid person that encompassed all of those skill sets. And, uh, you know, those are not unicorns, but those individuals are, are not common either. And so, you know, I think there's a lot uh, on the business side, but there's also a lot on the uh, on the medical or relational side in veterinary hospitals. And, and uh, that then obviously pushes out to clients and pets and referring vets, depending upon the type of practice. So I think to my view, and, and I think to, to most individuals view in the industry is that you need to have a balance of both of those aspects uh, in a regional support team. And you know, I think ideally you'd have somebody you know, in the context of a regional medical director, as well as a regional operations director. And the two of those individuals would work in sync uh, with the hospital leadership teams to make sure that that the hospitals had the support that they needed depending upon the the circumstance or the issue that might be at hand uh, or the program plan that might need to be implemented so i think you need both and it's interesting because when i started digging into the entire sort of organizational structure of the consolidation if one were to build the, the large consolidation like you guys have, uh, the regional manager is not something that you can go and take a course on. There's no really, like you could be a practice manager. I think there's some sort of education you can take. You can take an education as a uh, hospital manager. You could be a doctor and you're familiar with the medical operations. You could have an MBA in the business background, but the regional manager of multiple hospitals, that's not something you can just go and become or get a license in. So, so what is sort of a background that you envision for these people? Is it, is it business education or is it someone with a background from the veterinary hospital? Who are the best candidates for those regional manager roles? Yeah, that's a, you bring up a good point. I think, you know, it, it would make sense uh, maybe for their, somebody to institute a program that would help to bring people along on that career track. That's a, an interesting potential as an aside there. I think uh, currently what we look for is somebody that has experience in the profession, understands the profession, and then has some business acumen or, or maybe has been in a managerial role to begin with uh, prior to applying for the, for the uh, regional position. They may or may not have had multi-site experience. But in my view, somebody that's a, a CVPM and then follows that up with an MBA and then uh, shows 
leadership acumen. Those are the kind of people I think personally that would be and are good, uh, not only as regional support people, but then have the potential to grow into additional roles, uh, vice presidents, uh, you know, of regions and so forth. So from a business perspective, uh, I think those are the kind of people that I would be looking for. That makes sense. And then I, maybe one more question then dipping into the level of the hospital, because some functions that you design at the level of the organization, you know, uh, departmental functions, let's say like marketing, not all the marketing is done centrally, even though that's sort of uh, uh, what a lot of consolidators say that we're going to replace marketing, but some marketing has to be done at the level of the hospitals. And then, you know, inventory management and certain processes that are then deployed from the organizational level to the hospital level. Do you guys go and identify the functional leads or is there, do you kind of usually dip into the existing talent or and train them in the in your processes or is that someone that you add to the new teams in terms of all these kind of sort of uh, smaller divisions of the of the functions in the hospital? Yeah, I mean, typically for an acquisition company like Pathway Vet Alliance or others, uh, you know, those functions uh, are existing and individuals of uh, that are doing those functions are in those hospitals when we partner with them. And so sometimes individuals are doing too many things and, and then uh, we, we try to delegate and elevate others to fill some of those roles. Uh, sometimes uh, it's not the right person in the right seat and, and they need to be trained if possible or replaced if needed. And that's a process. You know, I think uh, you're right that Veterinary medicine is still a local business, even if you're on a platform like a pathway. And you need to have people on the ground that have the ability to do those functions and do those well. And so what we do at at Pathway Vet Alliance is identify local leadership, have them create a leadership team that includes people doing those functions, have them meet on a regular basis. They become the not only the implementers of things that might be coming from uh, central, but also uh, percolate up ideas that can be used across uh, the region or across the platform. So we encourage that type of uh, growth because from those people uh, then come the new leaders to the future as well. As we discussed, you know, maybe the next regional operations manager might start out as an inventory manager in a larger hospital and, and grow from there. So it's important to cultivate and, and provide those functions on a local level. You mentioned marketing, for example. If you're a referral hospital, you still need to have somebody that's a referral coordinator, somebody that's out uh, visiting the hospitals, uh, the referring hospitals. If you're a a large general practice, you need somebody to manage the social media that's local, so forth. So you you need that talent at the hospital level, and you need to cultivate that for sure. So Bob, outside of a lot of the changes that come to the people and the people operations, how do you like to go about the change management strategies around whether it's pricing or the inventory processes or or those sort of things at the clinic level? Yeah, I think that's a caveat to what we were just talking about on on the last question. I think that that it can't be a top-down approach, especially with sensitive items like pricing, because uh, we're a price-sensitive industry. And and, uh, if there's not a thoughtful sort of change management or, or input where it becomes their idea at the local level, they're going to sabotage what it is you're trying to do at a global level. So, so I think, again, communication is, is uh, king or queen, and uh, you need to have two-way communication around those things. You need to have a thoughtful timeline for implementation. You need to have input 
from the field on whatever the the project or direction is you're going because if you don't deal with the end user you're going to have problems so or incorporate the end users uh, input and uh, buy-in you're going to have problems yeah, that's that's exactly it. I, I know that we were working with someone here on the East Coast and they decided to just go into PIMS and just change the prices, not telling the staff. And they were fairly new. So they don't understand that staff knows prices by heart. And if they see something different, they probably will think it's an error. And it was a large referral hospital and the entire staff walked out. Like that was the result. In the morning, they came in and then they said, we are not continuing to work today until this is returned and we're communicated and everything is like, I haven't seen to that degree, but this is what happened. So that's, wow. that forces you into change management. <laughs> yeah. That's an extreme, but, but, uh, you know, that's, you know, typically it's, it's more, uh, subversive than that. It will just, they'll just change the prices back and, and, uh, you'll, you'll not know it until you go to check on it at some point, but that's, uh, that's pr pretty remarkable, but that shows the fact that, that, uh, you need to, whether it's in veterinary medicine or any other profession, you need to have the team on your side or you're not going to be able to implement and, and, uh, then everybody suffers, you know, so. Should that be something is that a conversation that you think the regional manager should be having with the former owner, or the practice manager, or is there specific roles that you think align well to be able to have those types of conversations? Yeah, I think it starts at that level. I mean, regional support and, and uh, hospital leadership, making sure that that hospital leadership team, which is you know generally trusted and respected by the rest of the team in the hospital, is is on the same page and aligned with whatever change management you're you're attempting, but then uh, depending upon the extent of it, it may just be a staff meeting item and everybody buys in, but you might have to have some additional conversations with select individuals in the hospital or, or maybe even a, a round table or, or a, a meeting where, where the regional support comes in and, and discusses it in, in a general staff meeting. And, and it may take a couple of times to get people to buy into change and, and uh, certainly soliciting their inputs often makes the idea better, you know? So I think the sort of collaborative approach is an important aspect in veterinary medicine is that, that people want to be able to participate and they want to be heard. And if you don't give them those opportunities, you're going to be in trouble. So Yeah. No, absolutely. And and vets are for some reason, I don't know which course that they teach it in the vet school, but somehow we're we're they're probably most discounting profession. <laughs> so for some reason Ryan has to stop me all the time when we go on the client calls because I'm yeah. the first one right. <laughs> we just came out of one. Discounting <laughs> one oh one. It's a it's a semester long course, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for some reason, vets are... Right, yeah, it's five credit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a section uh, on the boards for what does the corporate group think you should charge and then what should you actually charge? It's a, <laughs> it's a tough one to pass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be given... Uh, it's the reason I'm not allowed to sign anything officially at PATH. Oh, there you <laughs> go. My behavior. Because <laughs> you, you get the relationship done, but then it all comes with a price, right? <laughs> right. 
Exactly. We want to make sure we make some money and not just give away the farm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. So, Bob, you're uh, Chief Professional Relations Officer, and we talked about what that means. And this probably relates to quite a few questions on recruiting, because as we know, there's there's too many pets and there's not enough vets at the moment. And recruiting becoming, you know, increasingly a harder thing to execute on. So, uh, aside from incentives, maybe first question is, uh, what is harder, hire vets or the staff in the past year and given the COVID and all the circumstances? Is it is it the vet shortage or we're short of tax vets and everybody else? And then what are those tools to do it at scale when you're growing to, you know, that significant number of hospitals like you guys are? What are the tools that someone should look into start scaling that process? Yeah, I think to answer the first part of the question, uh, in my experience, and I think the experience of Pathway is that it's it's uh, it's harder to find vets than it is to find staff. I mean, I think both are full time jobs. Uh, you know, the hiring, uh, whether it's at an individual hospital level or or a, a platform level, and, and but but definitely, and maybe because of COVID and and people not being willing to you know kind of move around or relocate or or have in-person visits, the, the ability to fill vet positions has been more troubling or problematic, I believe. From a standpoint of, of scalability, you know, you need to, again, start with finding somebody that's familiar with uh, maybe healthcare recruiting or multi-site recruiting, and, and uh, you need to have the right leadership and the right framework of people to, to pursue, whether it's on a staff side or, or a veterinary side. And, you know, at Pathway, we have talent relations partners that are involved just strictly with regional staff hiring. And we have people that are involved with general practice hiring, and we have people that are involved with specialty and ER hiring. So I think as you grow and and build your business, you should think in terms of of having people that have that sort of expertise or or niche approach that then they can focus on, on one piece of the the staff pie instead of having to try to cover all of it. And then you need some sort of platform to, to onboard and, and work with candidates. And we use one called Jobvite. There are you know a few other ones out there, but you need, you need a platform in, in which to uh, put out disperse ads, I guess, to Indeed and other locations, uh, but also uh, have a common platform for candidates to come in through and, and a process that works uh, uniformly in that regard. And, and I think, you know, it's active. You need to, you can't just put out an ad and be passive and wait for people to come. It's not like uh, field of dreams anymore. You need to actually maybe solicit candidates uh, directly through LinkedIn or, or some other social media platform. You need to be in, in contact, use all of the means that you have both uh, internally and, and externally to, to attract candidates or at least touch candidates and, and figure that it's going to have to be a repetitive process. So Makes sense. And then, so the other way to relieve sort of the the load on the veterinarians as well as to while you're looking for, for the, the full-time veterinarians, locums or relief work, 
sometimes it's a great resource. And that's what I've been doing throughout my career. I was always an ER vet, and then I was doing a lot of relief work. So there are a couple platforms that, that are doing that right now, trying to you know help to source those. Are you finding, like Ruvet, I don't know if you're familiar with them, are you finding that those are helpful? And, and in general, is the locum strategy, relief strategy, something that you think of uh, when you're thinking about uh, hiring people and kind of you know, managing the workload? Yeah, we, de- we definitely take advantage of, of those, those platforms and, and also individual independent uh, relief or contract veterinarians and staff to, to fill holes. One of, the, one of the sort of innovative approaches we're taking at Pathway, and, and you guys may be familiar with this, but there are some, I don't really know the word for, for what sort of platforms they are, but, but you can put out uh, information within your own, in, in, within your own ecosystem, mm-hmm. the area where you may have a cluster of hospitals and, and look for people internally to fill the positions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if they have availability and, and inclination so that you actually kind of create your own internal re- uh, relief network, if oh, that's you will. Cool. Or, or, uh, so that, that's sort of uh, an idea that we're pursuing with some, some aggression because I think it, it, uh, it should be the first tier for how you fill those positions as opposed to going outside the organization. Yeah, that would definitely be nice. <laughs> yeah, it's an untapped aspect. It's not something that's been really looked at till recently. And now I think organizations like ours and others that have scale in certain areas, why not use a tool that allows you to fill from within? So so that's it's kind of exciting. We'll have to see how that works to help us out. Yeah. One resource that I wanted to make sure that we that we hit on was, and I'm not sure if you've come across this yet, the AVMA just released their new grad study, which Usually when I see a new research paper, I, it takes me a while to get through it, but I read through this one real quickly. They they did a new study on all of the grads from vet schools this year um, and had really great respondent rate, over 80% respondents. And it was really interesting to see where the grads were going, sort of the change in COVID on their comfort level of practicing medicine and, and all of that. So I thought that was something that I'll make sure that we link in the show notes as well. And I'll send over to you as well. Well, if you haven't a chance to read it, it was really, really interesting just to see where people were working, what their pay was going to be at, the descript- you know, the changes of demographics and the overall uh, groups of people. Um, so really, really interesting, really interesting research study. Yeah, I did. I did see that. I, I didn't read it as thoroughly as it sounds like you did, Ryan. I, I, my usual, uh, my, my, my ADD won't allow me to do that at my stage of life any longer. But, How did uh, you get double boarded? I don't. I don't believe in that ADD. <laughs> well, I have a sister-in-law who is one of those new graduates graduating from Auburn. So I was interested to see where she fell in in that category. So it was fun to watch the results and know. Oh, I know one of these 2,300 people that was graduating from vet school this year. So that, that was really, really neat to see and, and cool stuff to learn about, yeah, about good, the practices. Good for her. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's, uh, it's interesting that with that, you know, I think that it does look like we're trying to throw more money at the veterinarians and uh, to motivate them to work for us. I think that uh, I, I'm still a big believer that building great organizations like you're part of one of them, Bob, that should attract people more, not just the money, because money is only one aspect. And according to one study that I read is, you know, anything over 75 grand in North America is really sort of a level of comfort and everything else is just you're, you're up in your level, of course, 
but to sort of have the basic needs covered and where the money is not as motivating is anything under 75k and bets definitely are beyond that for you know past decade i would say so bob again we ran out of time we do promise our listeners to sort of cap it at 20 minutes i think i know that we can talk with you for very long but i really appreciate you joining us again it's very insightful we want to ask you two questions we usually ask at the end and one is is there any book that you could recommend to our listeners to get familiar with or something that would inspire them to sort of become as wise as you are in the consolidation business? I don't have a, a, a book that I, I could point to. Uh, uh, you know, I think I'm, I'm reading some books right now on servant leadership, which is helping me to sort of retool a little bit. Uh, John Maxwell is, is an author that I like to follow. From a standpoint of, of pathway specific, we, we recommend a book to our hospital leadership teams called Traction by a guy named Gino Wickman. Uh, and that's a book that we use to create sort of uh, what we call pathway planning. So this is where our, our hospitals develop their own business plan, if you will, and implement it. And that can be scaled up to an enterprise level. And so we have a Pathway plan and the executive team at, at uh, Pathway and on the ops side and, and all the way down to individual hospital ones. So we use that as a way of, of uh, keeping ourselves on, on track and, and accountable to our plans and our vision. So, you know, I think something like that may be useful to individual uh, hospital owners or to other consolidators that might want to try to get traction, if you will. So. <laughs> That's their motto. Very, very familiar with that book. Oh, yeah. It's the last two, three companies that I've built. And the, we implemented traction from day one. SmartFlow had traction incorporated. I got it from, who recommended to me? Guys from, oh, what's the online pharmacy? Not the Vets First Choice, the other one. The VetSource. So VetSource guys, they recommended it to me. We implemented it in SmartFlow, then at IDEX, and now at VIS, we're also running everything based on traction. That's sort of a core. So I really, uh, I really like that book. So thank you. And then the second question we usually ask, is there someone that you would recommend invite to this podcast that might interest the listeners as well? Well, I think guys know Mark Cushing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's an attorney that runs yeah. the Animal Policy Group. He, he likes to talk and he also has insightful things to say. So it's a good combination. <laughs> That's a good combination. That's a great I think people would say the first part about me, but I'm not sure about the second part. So. <laughs> <laughs> you don't give yourself enough credit, Brian. <laughs> Bob, thank you so much. Thank you for spending the time. I know you're a busy guy, and I'm sure that this episode will be as popular as the other one. So thank you for joining us again. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to Consolidate That. If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at vetintegrations.com. 